first contact, eh? Not us. What did we do wrong? To have a skeleton crew, you have to have skeletons. I bet my kids are having a on her. Yo, F8. You get into any trouble last night? Hell yeah. Oh yeah? Doing what? Nothing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, F8, I got one for you. What's brown and sticky? Teratogenic coolant. Isomclate residue. Boson enriched nanopolymer. A stick. You get it? No. Welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week we discuss season one, episode two of the series that is slowly getting Picard back into space. Maybe. It's Star Trek Picard. But first, he's the secret police who is spooked by my secret secret police. It's James. How are you doing, James? I am the Tal Shiar. <laughs> and I am the Zot Bosch. You wish. Ha <laughs> ha. And he's the gold-skinned automaton with his name tattooed on the back of his head. It's Rob. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing pretty fine. Just eating my sandwich. Oh, fuck Oh, my God. What a dick. Podcast soil. (laughs) Not even soil at this point. I don't even... What is is less uh, valuable than dirt? Uh, Clay, maybe? Corn. Corn? Podcast (laughs) clay. You're such an asshole. Uh, how has everybody's week been? I'm going to get that from you guys while I pop the cork on this uh, 2017 Chateau Picard Grand V de Bordeaux. Um, so actually, if we keep it, talking, you'll never hear the cork pop. <laughs> actually, it says it's a 2386 because this is the special uh, show version or the Star Trek version of the uh, Chateau Picard. So this was actually done at Chateau Picard. It is a Bordeaux. It is from the Bordeaux region of France. Um, And you said it's 2386? That's the vintage on the bottle. The actual vintage is 2017. That bottle has time time traveled. traveled? Yes. It's from the future. Awesome. Jesus. Tell me how the future uh, tastes. (laughs) Didn't the... uh, (laughs) Didn't the woman that Picard uh, went to for help at the end of this episode, didn't she ask if he had the 86? Oh, that's right. You're right. She asked about the 86. I know. I know. know. That's why I said it. Uh, My week was great. Thanks for uh, asking, Jason. Uh, It's been a whole year of Simply Stogies now, anniversary time. Uh, things are popping over there at simplystogies.com. Go check it out. Just dropped a new episode today. The first that's when we're recording this. Uh, so go check it out. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. And there's no Rob. So like, that's just another reason everybody should go listen to Dude, uh, Simply breathe, Stogies podcast. breathe. You don't need to put it all down your gullet at once. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good. No, I actually haven't tasted it yet. Well, taste it, goddammit. I, I want to know if it's just, any good. Just I've got a bottle downstairs. So this is bottle. actually a, a Christmas gift from James this past year. He sent me this as well as the Starfleet Special Reserve. So I'm going to save the Special Reserve for another episode during this season. Let Maybe us know what episode you want me to drink it in. I will. Uh, the last one. The last one? Yeah, that's probably a good one. The last one. That would make it very entertaining. <laughs> 
if he drinks the whole bottle. Did you just put that into like a big gulp uh, glass or what? No, this is just Cup. a standard wine glass. Okay, well, it sounded like you dumped the whole thing into a giant plastic. Uh, big about gulp a third cup. of it. Is it good? Taste it, God. Is it good? Uh, I have. I'm I'm tasting it again. It actually is pretty good. Now it oh, hasn't breathed yet, so I need to let it aerate some. Wow! Oh, listen, listen to the connoisseur here, the sommelier, Jason, the sommelier. Gonna let it breathe a little bit. No, it's it, it's actually pretty good. It's got some it's very breathe. fruity forward notes. Um, it's Ooh, not a, notes. it's not a super dry wine. <laughs> What about the back like, notes? I was getting like to that. You fucking trying shit. to review, trying to review cigars. My palate <laughs> is just shit, and you're you're like, oh no, there's fruit forward. There's some woody notes in the back. It's very delicious. Very delicious. I mean, me, I'd just be like, yep, tastes like wine. <laughs> have you? <laughs> you don't drink, do you, Rob? Yeah, you've no, never I, tasted no, wine, I, have I you? I have tasted wine, but no, I do not. Drink Communion doesn't typically. count. It's not a super dude. dry wine. It doesn't have a lot of tannin. Communion, it's just grape juice, dude. Come on. Well, it depends Mogan on where you're getting communion at. The Mogan finish David. is a little thin, though. But Jesus it's nice. Christ. I mean, it, it doesn't have a doesn't have a bad finish. It's just there's not a lot of it there. Well, now I really want to try mine. But I can't. Maybe on the last episode of Picard. Maybe I'll bust mine open. And you and I can drink together. And Rob can be the only sober one. Oh my God! <laughs> heaven be heaven awesome help show. us! <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sitting here going. So, what you guys think? I don't even remember the show. this next generation? I just remember the last time I podcast drunk. It was on this show, and it did not go well. When was that? It was a while ago. It was in the. I. It was the night I drank an entire. Oh bottle yeah, wine. I remember that. Yeah, yeah I don't remember was, what episode uh, that, that was. was. A fun episode. It was something. It was something. Rob, how was your week? Uh, my week has been great. Thanks for elaborating. All right. <laughs> All right. Nothing. Nothing special has happened this week. Well, you got any news for us while I sip on this wine? Yes, I do. Uh, first, uh, first news item is uh, episode two of Picard came out this week. Wow, really? Yeah, huh. you guys should check. I it out. I really should check that series out. You should. If, can we pause this so I can go watch it? I didn't know it came out. Oh no, we'll wait here. Yeah, just go. If go the watch listeners it haven't time. watched it, in real maybe time. they should pause it and then go watch it. Mm, okay, <laughs> we'll wait, guys. Continue. What else you got, Rob? All right. Well, okay. The real news. Um, Voyager 2 uh, had to shut down the, its instruments due to a power drain here last, uh, about a week ago. You know, it's out there in the uh, nether regions of our, uh, actually, it's not even in our solar system anymore, <laughs> I don't think they right? call them. I don't think they call it nether regions. No, I no, think no. it's still in the solar system. It's just out, you know. Isn't it past the Kuiper Belt at this point? Or is I, it, th- I thought past it was. The, it's past the helio, heliosphere. Yeah, it's past the heliosphere, which isn't that just plasma? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the area that uh, it's actually in interstellar space. So it's between. I was going to say, I think it's, yeah, it's the yeah. inter- same with Voyager, uh, which we all know what happens to Voyager. Uh, Star Trek, the motion picture tells us V'ger comes mm-hmm. back. I honestly think that V'ger is the Borg. That's yeah. my 
personal. Gets uh, sucked into uh, a black hole, thrown into the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. Starts yep. up the whole board, comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so v, I don't know what happens to Voyager 2. Uh, maybe there's an anti-Borg anti out there. Ooh, little little anti-Borg Borg action, huh? Okay. Why do you, why does everything come down to porn with you? Why did you take it to porn? <laughs> no, I was thinking no, no, more in terms no, that's of not like, him. I was Thank thinking you. more Thank in you. terms of like DCEU, you know, or DC stuff, you know, the monitor. Oh, you were thinking monitor, anti monitor. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. matter, anti matter. Oh, and really? Because I think, yeah. I think you were thinking porn. You were the one that said you said you said uh, Borg anti Borg action, which is like. Girl on girl action. No, Anytime I was. You put action I was at the end of something. You imply porn, Rob. No, I was. I was implying just some like space battles that we yeah. might see in the future sure. between two Borg. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Let's move on. What's your next <laughs> news item before we get into <laughs> Borg porn? <laughs> Wait, is, that, is that a I'm thing? already. I'm already searching that <laughs> up. <man. laughs> Why does six of nine show up? Oh, I wonder. That. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, another news item. Owen Wilson is joining Loki. Okay. The Loki series on Disney+. Plus. So That's What's he going to be? Because no. Owen Wilson is like the goofier of the o- Owen brothers. So. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. I uh, don't know. I liked him in Shanghai. Was it Shanghai Nights? Yeah. 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 Uh, was yeah, that? that movie was okay. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I like. He's been in a lot of stuff. I liked. I just can't think of it. What's the one with the dog? Marley. Oh, and me? Marley and Me. Yeah, that was actually a really good movie. It had that Jennifer. Was Anderson. a really yeah. good movie. Yeah, I may have cry? cried. I did. Yeah, I have no problem. I, look, man, dogs are awesome. Yeah. Yep. And that, okay. Yeah. Shut up. Are you a and cat guy? I am he's a got cat both. Person. He's got. Both. I have both. Cat, cats suck. Dogs are awesome. Uh, so yeah, like we don't deserve dogs. And yeah, I bawled like a baby at the end of that movie. I was also just really upset that Jennifer Aniston didn't take her top off. So <laughs> there were two reasons I was crying. Jeez. Well, you okay. need to watch uh, what? What is it? Horrible bosses, where you get a little side yes. boob there. Yeah, side boob. I love that movie. Yeah. Nice. All right, last one, James. Hmm. You have $350. What, like on me at the moment? Well, no, just in general. Well, yeah. Why? How much do you love your daughter? Is it $350 worth? <laughs> this feels like a loaded <laughs> this question. This is a trick question. Right. What is, what is it I'm supposed to be buying for her for $350, Rob? I know. Well, for $350, you could get a life-size replica of Yoda, of Baby Yoda. Yep. Baby, Baby Yoda. Yoda. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I know. I was already told no. You were already told no. You already asked. I did. I, no. I sent it to the wife, and the immediate response was no. We have literally. But did you add, did you tell her that it was for your daughter? I, I tried that route. It didn't go very well. I already spent two hundred dollars, uh, and that, apparently that was my birthday present. Happy birthday to me! <laughs> Which, by the way, is in three days. Thanks, assholes, for wishing me happy birthday. Uh, I, that I spent two hundred dollars on the your Baby Yoda yet? cigar ban. You know what? Are you going to talk to me on my birthday? I might. Am I not now? Tuesdays? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Tuesday's the day we talk. Ah, oh, Tuesday. Dang. It's too bad it wasn't on a Wednesday. We could uh, we could have 
launched the episode and wished you happy birthday all at the same time. Wait, launched what ep- Oh, this episode. Oh yeah, no. It, this so, you know what? Just pretend it's on the cord. Yeah, yeah. Just just pretend it's the it's not really a launch, it's just a publish, is what it's called. You know, how long have you been doing this, Rob? And you still don't have the lingo down. Dude, how long have you been doing this and your uh sound still sounds like shit coming through Discord? Just wondering. <laughs> I can't I can't help it that the server's on somewhere near Dallas. You should move to Texas. Oh, ladies. I have ladies. no desire whatsoever to move to Texas. Oh, well. He looks cute, the uh, the Baby Yoda. He looks so adorable. We've already pre-ordered all of the Baby Yoda stuff. Except for this one. Except for that. I, I was told no. I was told uh, it's too expensive. Absolutely not. That's what I was told. Yeah, give it a little while. It'll probably come down in price. Yeah, yeah it's from Sideshow Collectibles, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, yeah. It'll be for 150 here in a few months. Is that all you and got? Then, and then your wife will say, go for it. <laughs> right. Probably yeah. not. Too bad. That's all I got. Well, who's ready for a pod crawl? Let's yes, hear it. Yes, please. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl, pod crawl, excellent, inserted deep, pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. Mars is still red and barren, but full of activity as happy little androids go about their day taking orders from their human taskmasters and build ships for a federation that fills their heads with dad jokes. One android, aptly named Fate, has heard one too many punny jokes and snaps, taking out all of his human overlords and destroying the shipyards, forever freeing him and his fellow synths from the atrocities of people who think they're witty and aren't. Back at Chateau Jean-Luc, Laris is telling a story of how the Tal Shear, which is apparently just Jabin's extended family, introduced her to the tale of the Romulan Baba Yaga. The Jatvash are a secret police within the secret police who hate all things artificially intelligent. Picard and Laris piece together the events of the assault on Darge in her apartment with the help of some illegal Romulan magic, but the boogeyman has already scrubbed the place clean with help of some Lepton-based Dawn dish soap. They hack into Darge's digital slide rule and find that she's been talking to her sister who it turns out is, wait for it, off-world. Shocking, I know. Cut to Narek and Soji having sexy times and Soji wanting to get to know Narek, but Narek is like, nah, I'm super mysterious so you'll totally be into me. Meanwhile, Picard is having a drink with an old friend and his current doctor when he learns that he's got a syndrome in his brain. Picard insists his doctor clear him for active duty anyways, regardless of the risk of the space madness. Approval secured, he heads to Starfleet to secure his ship and crew, but Admiral Clancy is still a little peeved at his public comments about the Federation and tells him to pound sand. Back at the Borg Cube, Soji and new recruit wearing a red shirt, at least metaphorically, are suiting up for their excursion into the Grey Zone. They are being watched over by the Romulans, who have all apparently gone goth, running the reclamation project. Narek asks Soji if he can watch her work, and she kindly tells him to fuck off. He abuses his power and heads into surgery anyway where they disassemble a Borg drone and then leave him there in pieces. Picard has tea with Dr. Gerati to throw some shade on science fiction and discuss what Maddox was doing before he disappeared. Jurati looked into Dodge and found out that she was the youngest person to ever be admitted to the Daystrom Institute at the ripe old age of three. Back at Starfleet, Clancy is discussing her meeting with Commodore O since Picard implicated Maddox in a scheme to build look-alike people, and O isn't happy as she puts together somehow that Picard knows about the Jap Bash. 
She calls in her lieutenant and leader of the Pink Ladies, Rizzo, who is in charge of the secret <laughs> operation to be more careful when trying to kill Data's offspring. Jean-Luke tells Laris and Jaban that he's heading out to look for Soji, and Laris is having none of that shit. She tells Jean-Luke and Jaban they can go off together to die in each other's arms, but she's going to spray for spittlebugs. Picard pays a visit to Raffi, a desert hermit in a high-tech trailer who has a taste for fine wine and a shoot-first hatred for Jean-Luc, and roll these 40-minute episodes of Pissing Me Off credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I looked at the wife. I'm like, God damn it. This was it 40 minutes. I'm like, what the fuck? So She's like, well, it's a t- TV show. I'm like, eh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so what the fuck is... They took a two-hour premiere episode and they split it up into three episodes. So the first three episodes is supposed to be this this two-hour premiere that they actually screened as a two-hour episode. And then you add the intro and the, the ending credits and you get your 42-minute episodes. I'm hoping that come episode four, they bump it up to our episodes. I don't have a lot of faith that that's going to happen. If it's still this 40 minute episode bullshit throughout the entire season, I'm not going to be pleased. Yeah, no, I won't either. If I remember right, and I'd I'd have to go back and look, but discovery episode seemed to be an hour Mm -hmm. if I remember right. So uh, maybe that's the only reason is for the, the first three episodes. I don't know why they broke it up other than the writing didn't lend itself, the plot, whatever didn't lend itself to, uh, a full, what, 10 episodes? Probably, so, but I would have preferred to have had, you know, eight episodes with a two-hour premiere rather than a 10-episode yeah. with, you know, three 40-minute episodes to open it up. Because it's yeah, fucking no, gr- I, it's I mean, they... I know why they did it. It's so that you'll come back next week to watch the next episode is why they end it where they end it in these episodes. But Jesus fucking Christ, come on, 40 minutes? You're getting right into a... Uh, the thick of the plot and then you cut me off. It's like, it's like you want me to, I don't know. Are you going to come back next week? Come back and watch the new episode. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to come back and watch next week. Mission accomplished. Fuck you. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. Mission accomplished. But at the same time, I really think that they're either underestimating how many Trek fans are going to watch this regardless. I mean, I know People still watch Discovery. I wasn't a huge fan of the first season, and I came back for the second season, which was uh, far and away better than the first season. So we're not Star Wars fans, although it's getting to be that way, and I, mean, I suppose we can talk about that a little bit later if you yeah, want to. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but we're not Star Wars fans. We're, we're going to stay loyal to, to Star Trek. We enjoy the series for the most part, all all of the, everything that they put out, including Enterprise. I think Enterprise has its place. Is Enterprise the best uh, no. Star Trek series? Absolutely not. But it does have its place. I like Captain Archer. I like Hoshi a lot. Really like Hoshi a lot. I like T'Pol. <laughs> T'Pol is yeah. T'Pol's okay. Nice. Yeah, she's all right. Uh, and I like Trip. Trip was Trip was my guy on Enterprise. But anyway, I digress. Uh, we're not Star Wars fans. Stop treating us like Star Wars fans. Okay. so we have a new secret organization within a secret organization what is it with star trek and their secret organizations double secret probation i think it is okay what is it with star trek and their secret organization i mean even in that been a running theme yeah even in next generation they had you know the cardassians had their secret organization the bajorns had their secret organization 
Uh, the Klingons, I think, had one. Everybody had this this secret. Ever since Deep Space Nine, this has been a this has been a running theme with Star Trek. Is that while the overarching uh, mission of of Star Star uh, or of Starfleet is benevolent, there is there is this undercurrent of corruption. There is this undercurrent of those who will go to any lengths. Uh, to protect the the way of life, and from a certain point of view, not to borrow too heavily from Star Wars, but from a certain point of view, uh, God, he's peeing I, I, again. Yeah, right. I, you do have to have that, and so it started with Section Thirty One, and now it is just kind of grown into everybody has has their own secret police, and now we have the secret police of the secret police that uh, has apparently been around for a long, long time. Well, yeah, I. <sighs> <laughs> I don't know. I want to see where they take it before I start poo-pooing it too hard. Because I think it's a, I think it's a, a, a interesting idea. I'll say at this point, uh, but uh, I'm not sold on it yet. Yeah, but I will say this: at the, 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 the first season of Star Trek: The Next Generation had Starfleet Command being infiltrated by aliens. That's, from a, that's true. Long way away, and now the first season of Picard has Starfleet Command being infiltrated by aliens, by Romulans, apparently. Yes. Now, do you think Commander O is a Romulan? She looks. Vulcan. That's what I was wondering. That's what I was yes. wondering. Oh, is, absolutely. Is, They're both. Yes. Is O a Romulan with a Vulcan face? Yes. One hundred percent. Yes. Since Rizzo is a Romulan with a human face. But do well, we? Because, was she? She? She told uh, Rizzo to to fix this. To take, and she's like, well, I'll take care of Picard. Like, she's like, I'll kill Picard. Uh, like, she said, I'll take care of Picard. She didn't say she would kill him. Well, that it was implied. Anytime somebody I know says, it's I'll implied, take care of someone. but I think that's a misdirect. Maybe there, maybe she's just gonna go put him out to pasture in his vineyard and say, shut the fuck up. She so, knew about the Zotvash, right? Mm -hmm. she, she knew Zotvash. about it. She, right? I she's, don't know she, about that. No, I she does. She, is, she dude, they they insinuated or she insinuated the fact that she had the place bugged. She knew everything. Okay. I understand that. And I I still think that's a misdirect. I don't think at this point Commander O is Romulan. I don't think she's part of the Zotvash. I think she is Starfleet security or uh, Starfleet intelligence. And she's the Commodore. I know she's a Commodore. What does that no, have? She's the, she's the Commodore. What do you mean? The Commodore. Okay. So the way Starfleet is set up, right. Is the, the, the president of the Federation is, is, is basically think of it like the president, right? Uh -huh. So he's the commander in chief, but the leader of the, of, of Starfleet, of the military arm of the Federation, Starfleet is the Commodore. No, no, no. I think you're thinking Commandant. I'm telling you, look it up. Commodore I'm telling is you, a one-star admiral. No. Yeah, look at her pip on her fucking uniform. She's a one-star admiral. That's what they're calling a one-star admiral. Basically, it's a, a vice they, admiral. They have admirals. admirals. But the admiral, the, the admiral that Picard was talking to, reported to the commodore. No, the commodore reported to her. What? No, because yep. she said, "I." Because the no, because the admiral said, 
I thought it was important that I bring this to you. She's like, I don't because think there's anything Starfleet to it. Intelligence. I don't know. Okay. All right. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I, 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 the way that I read it all was that the comet, like she was the one that was subordinate to the Commodore. No, she's, she's above the Commodore. She's a rank above the Commodore. Look at the pips. Uh, okay. Look, I, I've, I only got to watch this, this episode once. I, I need to rewatch it, but it seemed to me like she was the subordinate. No. So, it, and, and Commodore isn't really used in, in naval navies at this point. It's a, it's an older kind of rank that's been kind of phased out in most navies. I was, it used to be a rank that was between captain and admiral. I think the U S Navy kind of rolled it up into their, um, into their one-star admirality. So the, the, what used to be a Commodore is now just a one-star admiral. I can't remember what it's vice admiral or fleet admiral. It's whatever the first okay, admiral is. So, so are you, are you trying to overlay current naval rank onto science fiction? Well, the, naval uh, rank? the, the, the Starfleet ranks follow the, current u.s naval ranks very very closely including the commodore rank so if you if you remember back on tng they had a couple of commodores on the show that were below admirals but above uh captains in fact one commodore took over the enterprise for a a, a brief moment so yeah, memory, no, you're right no for sure that i remember that yeah memory alpha says that o is a romulan yeah, that's, that's okay, but what I thought. Again, Memory Alpha is crowdsourced, and okay. we don't know yet. I still think so, this is a misdirect. Hold on. So although the episode itself does not give any explicit indication that O is a Romulan and not a Vulcan, her makeup was established as Romulan in the Ready Room companion episode. By who? By Wesley? No, by the makeup team. Like, uh, you know, he... It, they interview people, you know, it's like a, it's like an after the show type of deal. Um, and they're saying that her makeup was established as Romulan in that episode. Hmm. Okay. Well, I might be wrong. I read it differently because she never explicitly said anything that would make her a Zot Vosh or a Romulan. She could have been just knew, a Starfleet intelligence officer who was investigating about, this and trying to keep it under wraps because it's not something that you want to get out. But she had also, her organization had also been infiltrated by the Tal Shiar uh, with wait a Rizzo. Minute, wait a minute. They made the whole thing of, you know about the Zot Rosh, you get Zot Vosh and you get killed. Okay. So and? if if she knew about the Zot Vosh, she would have been killed. But she doesn't have to let people know that. I mean, <laughs> and why would Starfleet be doing? <laughs> Picard a knows about the Zodvash now. He's still alive. So did uh, it's, so it's did uh, Lars. It's not that and, they and, know. Oh yeah, hold on. It's not that anyone who finds out about the Zodvash will die. It's that anyone who finds out why there is a Zodvash will die. The reason the Zodvash was created will drive people insane. I mean, hearing Zotvash is isn't said. like the fucking ring where you have to right. pass it on within That's, seven days or you're going to die. Right. It's the secret as to why they were created is what will drive you mad. Not who they are, but why they exist. It's that that will drive you insane. Yeah, That's Rob. What Laris, <laughs> That's what Laris told Picard. 
It wasn't that when okay. you hear the Zatvash, it'll drive you insane. It's the secret behind them as to why they exist. Okay. Yeah, well, still, I think I think <laughs> um, they're Romulan. I think she's Romulan. Yeah, she's, she's without she's, a doubt, 100%. She's with I think a she's human Romulan. Romulan. Yep. She's wor- and then that, and, which we know is a Romulan because she is, Rizzo is the sister of... Yeah, and she uh, said she was a Romulan. She's had right. surgery, and, and they right. do that a lot in the series, so that's that's not uncommon. Right, so so I'm thinking all Romulan. They've they've infiltrated. Um, you, you know, this is their secret. I the, think the thing that I think this is is this is a more subtle way to get back at Starfleet than what Nero did in uh, Insurrection. But I think so. The thing that tipped me off was when Rizzo was talking to Narek. Star and she Trek said that Commodore O has been a useful tool, has been useful to us. Like Commodore O is outside of what they're even doing. So that uh, she's he, manipulating Commodore O for her purposes, which is far and away from what Commodore O's purposes are. Or maybe maybe she was saying that the, what Commodore O is doing in that particular rank has been helpful, but we need, we're trying to, you know, for, they're trying to get, I think that's I guess, a stretch. What, where, where the, 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 uh, androids are, right? Uh, just, uh, not to, Sense. to ch- change, uh, the topic here, but according to memory alpha, Commodore is only behind rear admiral. So the rear admiral, is the only one who has a higher rank than Commodore in in where we're at now in Starfleet history. According to Memory Alpha, which is the Wikipedia of Star uh, Trek holder of all knowledge. Yes. Yeah, but again, I'm going back She wasn't to- Rear Admiral. She, the, the woman who, who uh, Picard was talking to was not the Rear Admiral. So, Commodore, she was the subordinate of the Commodore. <laughs> Um, okay. Cause at the I, end of their conversation, to, she said, I will, you know, I can't remember exactly what the Commodore said, but she definitely made it seem like she was the subordinate. Uh, you might be right. Again, I, like I said, I only got to watch it, uh, the one time I needed to watch it again, but and I don't are, trust are, memory alpha totally because <laughs> <laughs> it is crowdsourced <laughs> and there's fucking inconsistencies within so the articles. Well, but Wikipedia, I think, has a little bit better editing. Uh, all right. Anyway, I don't. I don't want to get into the into the semantics of fucking memory alpha. But I will say this: uh, before you watch this episode, or if you've already watched it and you're kind of lost on something, like the one, the like you should have watched all the the episodes that I talked about beforehand uh, in the last episode. Uh, but this episode, uh, you need to watch the two part uh, series finale of the Next Generation. All good things, because that is. What I feel is the linchpin of this whole thing and what is really driving Picard to go back into space. Do you disagree? No. I mean, you're the you're the expert on the past episodes. I'm well, no, I think that that so he's got the, so the rear space admiral Parkinson's. is just a two pip admiral. I'm telling you, I'm looking at the memory alpha right now. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And I'm the, looking at a rank page looking, that shows fleet oh, admiral, which Fleet Admiral, Admiral, Vice Admiral, Rear Admiral, Commodore. Commodore is the uh, lowest this, admiral. Uh, this look, I'm just telling you, according to this chart that I'm looking at, 
It doesn't matter. It's memory You're alpha. Right. I, I don't trust just, memory alpha. <laughs> I will just, I, I, I will say that fine, whatever. I don't care at this point. <laughs> Good Lord, let it go. Jason's right until he's not right. And then when he's not right, we never get to hear about it because we've already moved on. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so yeah, Picard's back got, up at the end. Right. Well, yeah. Uh, Picard's got the space Parkinson's uh, as he was told that he had in all good things. Uh, the series finale where it was Rob would love that episode because it was time travel and it wasn't really time mm-hmm. travel. It was that Q was shifting Picard between uh, timelines, a future timeline, the current timeline and the past timeline. It sounds like time travel, uh, but he wasn't, I guess, but there was the, the device that was the time travel machine was the omnipotent Q. Right. So, uh, and once they changed the past, the past didn't stay changed. The the future didn't change. And so this presumable or the, the, the current time didn't change. And then the future didn't change. So it's almost like a Christmas Carol Star Trek edition. It, it really is. Except <laughs> I, it was one of the best episodes. Of, oh, it really that was. TNG ever put out. Yeah. And if you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's fantastic. And in it, you find out that Picard's going insane because of this space disease that he's got. Uh, and it's a genetic disorder and there's no cure for it. And his ex-wife, Dr. Beverly Crusher, uh, you know, is trying to understand what he's ranting and raving about in the episode. But they all just kind of chalk it up to... Well, it's just your space disease. But they all still follow him out of blind loyalty to Picard. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, he addresses why he doesn't go to Riker right away and why he doesn't go to LaForge or Worf right away, because he doesn't want to drag them into something out of blind loyalty. Right. They, they all Which have is a great callback to their that lives. episode. I mean, he remembers... Yeah, the 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 time with Q and and going over those timelines, which kind of maybe gives him a a special insight as to what might happen if he I doesn't don't think so. Interfe- I, I intervene. Think, I think Q was just trying in that episode was trying to teach him the same lesson that he tried to teach him in an encounter in Farpoint, which was the pilot episode of mm-hmm. Next Generation, which is. You meddle in things as humans. You meddle in things that you have no idea what you're doing. There's so much that you don't know, yet you come out here and you're, you're I'm going to use this word because they use it in this episode. Your fucking hubris mm-hmm. gets in the way. And I think that's a lot of what Star Trek is, is trying to realize humanity's limitations and humanity's faults and that we are not a perfect race, even though we have this quote unquote utopia, we're not perfect. And the callback to that comes with how they are treating the Android at the beginning of the episode, because in, in the episode measure of a man, Picard's one of Picard's uh, big grievances with allowing data to go be mass produced was that we would just create slaves. Right. And that's exactly what and they did. That's exactly what they did. And so when, when Picard lashes out in the first episode and says, Starfleet is not my Starfleet. This is not the Starfleet I knew. That's why I walked away. And he gets pissed and he's got this, this uh, righteous, indignant 
uh, indignant attitude about the whole thing. I mean, he's not wrong. No. But there's also a part of me that says every generation goes through this, where the new generation moves in a different direction. And the old generation, like, okay, boomer, <laughs> like you just, you have to get over it. And Picard's not getting over it. But there are also things that are fundamentally wrong. And again, it addresses the, the futility of trying to be a perfect human because it's impossible to be that. And, and if humans are imperfect, that means Starfleet is imperfect. And if Starfleet's imperfect, I mean, then what is there? And so it's this, it's that struggle. It's that striving to be that, but Starfleet is certainly not, <laughs> not the good guys. I don't think they're the bad guys here, but they're not the good guys. We talked I, about this. I we talked about this last week when, when they let, when they let the Romulans die. Or, you know, which was essentially mass genocide. Now, certainly some Romulans uh, escaped the supernova. But Picard's Starfleet would have tried to save all of them no matter no matter what. Well, and it's not just Starfleet, but it's the Federation. So the, the whole onus behind the Starfleet pulling back their support on uh, helping the Romulans was there were 14 species of the Federation that threatened to withdraw if they didn't. I mean, that's 14 out of what she said, a, a few thousand species. Yeah. And they, they acquiesced these, these 14 species to keep the Federation from imploding. It seems, uh, it seems far fetched. Well, it depends on who those species were. So you have to, you have to imagine that if the Vulcans were one of those species, that would make, huge waves. If the Andorians were one of those species, it would make huge waves. I mean, these are the founding members of, of the Federation. Sure. And the Vulcans carry a lot of weight. So they didn't, they didn't address who it was. And I feel like they didn't because they were trying to make a point about current uh, political climate here in the United States, which is just, I, I never try to, to read too much into it because I don't, I, I, Unless they're beating me over the head with the politics, like I don't bring politics into it. But I feel like that's what they were kind of doing is like the minority, what they perceive as the minority is telling the majority what to do. And I don't buy that at all. Well, okay. Just so, in excluding current politics out of the, the, the conversation, do you upset your morals or do you change your morality to acquiesce to a few species that basically want to kill another species off. I mean, that's, that's well. I think they're, they're giving the Romulans a death sentence when they say, no, we're not going to help you out. So in the real world, things aren't black and white. Sure. They're just, they're just not, there's, there's gray area. And unfortunately the Romulans Starfleet has good reason to believe that they are deceitful, manipulative, uh, and will, whenever they get the opportunity try to destroy Starfleet. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that with the Zatvash inside Starfleet Command. So it, it's not unwarranted fears that the the Romulan Star Command uh, would try to take over the galaxy. They have been trying to since they introduced Romulans into the series from the original series. Yeah, but they're a, a shell of their formal selves now. Uh, well, they are now. Yeah. They are now. But they can At still the hurt. They can still hurt. Right. And so Maybe, I think, but I, think, I mean, wouldn't you rather try and you know, show them the error of their ways and help them out. And maybe like Kittimer, maybe kind of, yeah, like Kittimer. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. There's a, there, I think there's an inherent difference. I mean, if we really want to get into the weeds here, I think there's an inherent difference between Klingon culture and Romulan culture. Well, yeah, absolutely. Romulan, 
Okay, so Klingon culture isn't about, it's about conquest, but it's not about keeping it. It's about the next challenge. Yeah, it's might makes right. Right. Where the Romulans are more, (laughs) North Korea, if you will, like very Uh, subversive, very manipulative, very secretive. You don't know a lot about them, but they, they they, they will take over whenever they can, and they will do so by means that are not very nice. I don't know if North Korea is a great analogy, but well, I, I yeah, I don't know. I what do you want me to do? Pull something from history? I'm not Picard. <laughs> so, uh, I think I think there's an inherent difference between the two. Now, if you're asking me what the right thing to do is, I think you have to look at the overall current political climate of the Federation, and they certainly do not give you an overview of that. They do not tell you anything about the current political climate of the Federation. What they tell you is is that 14 uh, species were going to pull out of the Federation if they went and helped the Romulans. And they were still going to go help the Romulans. Until were, were, wait, wait, wait. Were they going to pull out? Were they going to pull out? I thought I understood it as they were going to leave if they still went to go help after what had happened on Mars. I see. I, I don't I don't remember that being a distinction. I thought it was they were still going to go help until the Mars crisis happened until yeah, the see, androids. I thought, yeah, but then I thought I thought that the Mars crisis happened, and you know because Picard's whole thing was we still had an obligation, um, and they said, and then she says, fourteen races yeah. were going to pull out. I think you're um, right. I so, think they were helping yeah. the Romulans, and then Mars happened, and those fourteen races said, "Fuck you." Well, maybe the 14 races saw that as an opportunity. The 14 species said, this is an opportunity to back out. Yeah. Which, look, again, we don't know the political climate. So how many of those 14 are uh, are sharing the load of the rest? Inevitably, that's the way this always works, is that the more powerful uh, and the the more rich, uh, the more affluent will always have to carry those who can't, especially new new warp-capable uh, species that are in, want want into the federation. So, who's paying for all of this? Who is who's doing the majority of the work? If the Vulcans and the Andorians and 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 whoever else, like I, I could probably go through a whole list of uh, different aliens that the, the Bajorans, whoever, because it looks like the Bajorans are doing okay. I mean, the 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 newscaster was Bajoran, so. If all of these these uh, very influential members of the Federation say, hey, look, if, if we help the Romulans, we're out because we know that once we help the Romulans, they will stab us in the back. It's the old uh, frog and a scorpion, right? The frog yeah. helps the scorpion yeah. across I mean, the, the lake and then the scorpion stings him. They're like, why did you do that? I just saved your life because well, I'm a fucking scorpion, dumbass. Yeah, you can you can make that analogy, but I mean, that's that's basically equating the Romulans as as you know, a stupid animal and they're not, I, I, I think that the opportunity no, for culture, culture change in the wow. Romulan society at this point by helping them out and helping them rebuild from an unmitigated disaster is an opportunity that, that the Federation wasted. Well, I think culturally, I think maybe you could change the hearts and minds of the Romulan people. There was certainly a, a drive for unification between uh, Vulcan and Romulan. Sure. Spock was in uh, charge of that. Right. There was certainly that that was going on. So there was certainly social change that wanted to happen. But I look at that more uh, as, I mean, if you want to go current, Iran, where it doesn't matter what 
the society wants, what the, what the social and the cultural want. It's whoever's in power, what they want. And so that is very much the way that, that, that Romulans are set up. They're very military, uh, militaristic. They are very military driven. Uh, and, and so that's who's typically in charge. And the Senate, uh, the, the, the Romulan Senate is just a puppet of, you know, the Tal Shiar. Well, or in this case, the Zat Vash. Yeah, they, so they, they modeled the Romulan race off of ancient Rome is what they did. When they when they first created the the Romulans, so they were very imperialistic, uh, very expansive. They they wanted to expand their territory, expand their power. So so you're right there. But I mean, like I said, they're a shadow of their former selves. They're they're rebuilding. They don't have a home world. Um, you say that. You say that as two high ranking Romulan uh, intelligence officers officers have infiltrated. Starfleet. Yeah, but they Come could ahead. have infiltrated Starfleet before the disaster happened. So so just because the the planet Romulus is gone doesn't mean that the military arm of the Romulans No, no, is not at weak. all. Okay. Well, I mean the military it, arm of the Romulans is weak, but that that doesn't mean that their uh espionage are, arm of the Romulans <laughs> as is weak. They are reclamating Borg technology. Well, but they're reclamating Borg technology with the uh, assistance of a whole bunch of different species. I mean, it, it, I think Romulans again, are basically there for security. I am not disagreeing. I, I want to be clear. If I was Picard, I would have left too. I do think Starfleet have, had an obligation as Starfleet to to save the lives uh, of the Romulans. I, I, I honestly believe that. I think all of the characters, the main characters – through all of the Star Trek uh, uh, shows, television shows, all the, the movies, they all stand for something. This is what they stand for. And this is not the first time that the Federation has done this kind of bullshit. And you can go back and you can look, starting uh, in the next generation, just off the top of my head, the one captain uh, who ended up being an admiral, the captain of the Pegasus, where he had a cloaking mechanism, mm. a cloaking device oh, yeah, yeah, put yeah, on yeah, the Pegasus. Yeah. Uh, so Starfleet. Stuck in a rock. Which, yeah, yeah, which violated... What treaty was it? How many treaties? Yeah. It was the Romulans. With the Romulans. It was a treaty with the Romulans. Uh, So Starfleet does shady shit. Section 31 does shady shit. I'm not saying that they don't. What I'm saying is, is that I think that they had an obligation to do what Picard said they had to do. But playing devil's advocate, I will also say that we are getting a very biased view. We're getting the hero's view. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Picard being the hero. Uh, of of the political climate. And so if I was, you know, theoretically in this science fiction universe and this was a case, I would probably say let them burn <laughs> because like, they will kill you. How how long does it, I mean, I know, how long does it take a sun to go supernova? Well, like, when it, if when I it remember starts, right. I mean, it doesn't take long right, at right. all. Well, I know right. when it I, starts, but... It took everybody by surprise. I think that was the whole thing How? in 2009. I don't How? know. Well, I, you know no, what? they knew. Here's what. Here's the they thing. Knew they knew that the sun was about to go supernova because that's what Spock developed the red matter with Geordi with. He was trying to right. keep the sun from going supernova, and it didn't work. So, well, how, do you, how, how do you how do you evacuate an entire planet? Where do you evacuate to? That that's a good question. Well, I think the well, I think the Romulans uh, kind of pushed back against evacuation until it was too late if memory serves. Okay. Cause I mean, 
Romulans have more than one planet, right, in their system. As far as as in far their as empire, like, yes, in empire, right. So conceivably, you could relocate. You it could, but I mean, be ideal. You got to figure I mean, the majority would, of their population was on Romulan or Romulus, right? But like, you have to take into account like people like the Gorn, uh, <laughs> the Klingons. They don't look. This is an opportunity for them as well. You have now weakened the Romulan Star Empire, right? Like let let let's get it as weak as possible, and then that gives them more opportunity for expansion, more opportunity for influence, more opportunity for power. Okay. So Starfleet's the same way. Starfleet sees that and they see this as an opportunity. Let's weaken them, save what we can. We save a few. We've got some, you know, several thousand fold, refugees. Right. And fold them in. The Federation. And then let's, gotcha. let's yeah. specify the Federation. Yeah. Starfleet is the militaristic arm of the Federation. So I, I feel like uh, this was, uh, if you want to know the truth, I, I don't know if they fleshed out what caused the sun to go supernova, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Romulans were trying to harness it somehow. Well, these, this is the <laughs> fucking race star. that uses... <laughs> make it a fucking Death Star. Well, this is the fucking race that basically uses small suns as weapons. <laughs> That's right. Uh, a singularity. They use a singularity for uh, weapons in, in their uh, warp drive, uh, which is fleshed out. God, hold on. I'm going to try to remember the name of the episode, but I'm going to fail. It's the episode where Deanna Troy wakes up as a Romulan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and it was her job. She was thrown into it uh, by uh, presumably Section 31 before we knew Section 31 existed. Uh, Starfleet Intelligence, and they had a guy inside, and they were trying to get an ambassador off of uh, uh, to defect from Romulus. Yep, and I remember I, that one. That was, there was also an episode uh, Face where- Face of Ensign, the Enemy. Yeah. Thank you. Face of the Enemy. That's it. Uh, yeah. Where Roe- research on the fly. Ooh. Very nice. Zip. Uh, Ensign Roe and LaForge thought they were Romulan. dead. Oh, she was a hot, Oh, she was just hot in oh. general. No, Laris oh, is a hot-looking Romulan. I have a question oh, about that, too. Oh, so hot. Yeah, it's just the actress herself is, is hot. But I have oh, a question yeah. about or, uh, that. So yeah. is Narek or full Romulan. Romulan because he doesn't have that prominent forehead or the really archy eyebrows like all the rest of the Romulans? Or is that just kind of a, a makeup decision just, like they I did with Laris? Market, yeah. I think that's a makeup decision. Okay. Yeah. Uh, instant, the episode where Ensign Rowe and LaForge were phased out and they thought they were dead and they were ghosts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they dealt with the uh, singularity there too, if I remember right. Although I think that was more of a transporter thing because they were trying to do a, a feedback loop to destroy the Enterprise. Again, so again, you have in that episode the the uh, Federation trying to help the Romulan Star Empire and the Romulan Star Empire trying to fuck the Enterprise by blowing it up while they're in the in the midst of helping them. So oh, Romulan's going to Romulan. Right. Which again, let like, let them burn, man. Let them burn. I don't know, let them burn. I mean, that's that's the Federation stands for helping Truth, helping everybody. The American way. Yeah, helping everybody. <laughs> And if the Federation starts picking and choosing win winners or losers, who they're going to help, regardless of the circumstances. But they've always done that. I, but they're supposed to not do that. And I, I, But they've always done does that. Does that make it right? Prime directive. It doesn't matter. That's what they've always done. They've always played God. And I think to, to not acknowledge that, to not acknowledge the shortcomings 
of Starfleet and of Federate of the Federation, I, it, it does a disservice to what the writers are trying to do, which is to say there are shortcomings oh, I, in the Federation. I get that, and, but and, they should okay. rise above the, or try at least to rise above the shortcomings. Can, I think that is a naive point of view. I I don't think so because if we don't hold ourselves to to higher values, then we'll never we'll never improve. I think men like Jean-Luc Picard have the luxury of doing so. I think an organization touted uh, with the uh, safety of billions, if not trillions of lives, doesn't have that luxury. I disagree. I think there's a fine line to walk, and I think there might be compromises that you have to make. But I think, uh, I think dooming an entire race to extinction is not one of those compromises. Uh, they didn't pull the trigger. They just didn't help. And even Batman, he may not kill, but he certainly lets people die. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a great comparison. <laughs> <laughs> Comparing Starfleet to Batman doesn't help your, your case. <laughs> I'm, what I'm saying is I, I'm okay with a moral gray area. I think to try to say that things are black and white, there has to be a moral gray area. No, 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 there, there are absolutely okay. shades of gray. What I'm saying is yeah. you probably want to oh, move towards the, the lighter show. shades the light of gray side. than the darker ones. I, may, I guess, but man, when you're dealing with the Romulans and you know they're going to try to kill you, I don't know, man. I, I I don't know. I think on an individual basis, yeah, you can do that. Because look at the friendship that, that Picard has with uh, uh, Laris and what's his nuts? Oh, yeah. I mean, they are a family and it's only been 10 years. And the two of them are extremely loyal. Look at how upset she got knowing that Picard wants to go back out and play Space Cowboy again. No, I get it. God, I hope she goes with him. So, she's not. Ooh, she's, she's not. not. Think somebody, no, somebody's got to play with the berries. I mean, the grapes. Yeah, he's, she's got to take care of this. Oh, come on. I don't want her out of the fucking series. Yeah, she's not going. Oh, God I, already, I, I already looked on IMDb. I know how many episodes she's oh, in. for fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which makes me sad because number one, she's very hot. Yes. I loved her in uh, uh, Borderlands uh, or Into the Borderlands on AMC. Great show. She's I may have to go show. watch that show just for her. Yeah, no, she's she dies. God hot. damn it, dies Rob! In the, in the in the last season here, in the season that they just went to Netflix, she's yeah, she dies, but she was on there for four or five seasons. Uh, yeah, great show. You should go watch it. Um, Man, we didn't really talk about a whole lot about what happened in this episode. We got all right. Austin, the weeds, the politics. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Question. I've got. Uh, I got a question. So, F eight. I refuse to say fate because that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's a little on the nose. <laughs> it is. Isn't yeah, it? they kind of hammered that in, didn't they? Yeah. Um. It looked like he got hacked. Okay, he did. So that's a that's a good. So here's Who my did it? Here, my. I, we don't know honestly. Yet. I I think it was Maddox. You think it was Maddox? I don't think it was. Why Maddox. would? Why would it was? I think it was the Here's, faction that's trying to split the Federation off from the Romulans. I don't think it was the Romulans. I don't think it was Starfleet. I think there's a third faction in there somewhere. Okay, and it may so be the Zodvaj. I don't think it's the Zodvaj either. Here's my theory. Let's hear. My it. theory is that all of these people, Starfleet included, Federation included. All have their own machinations. They all have their own agenda. They all have their, these things going on in the background, right? And they're all trying to maneuver uh, this, this event that destroys Romulus. And they're trying to position themselves in the best possible power play, right? Mm -hmm. 
I feel like the the androids who were built by Maddox and uh, the Daystrom Institute probably had some sort of safeguard where if they found out something was going on, like uh, Data had a safeguard. He could not go against his programming, would not allow him to go against Starfleet directives. Okay, so, and I have a real problem with that because that totally negates Data's free will. Right. I, look, I'm not, <laughs> we well, can discuss wait, is that. It, is it, direct, is it directives it, or orders? No, it was any There's time Picard difference. gave him an order, like he couldn't, he could not countermand it ever because there was an episode of Star Trek Next Generation where they met an alien race. The alien race didn't want to be uh, um, revealed to the rest of the galaxy. And so they came up with this wild thing where all of their memories were going to be erased and Data was going to be the only one they couldn't erase the memory from. And so Picard ordered him to never, ever tell them that they encountered an alien race. Mm, I remember and so that. so Data... Yeah. Yeah, so like all these things happen and that the, there's this mystery and so they all start pulling at this thread and Data is trying to get them to not pull at the fucking thread. And so they find out that, you know, Data's been working against them and then why? And then they find the alien race again and then they're like, it was a dry run. We figured out what went wrong last time. Don't kill us. Let's do it. So he can't go against direct orders. He can't go against the prime directive. He can't, although there was an episode where he did that too, where the little girl, mm -hmm. uh, their, their planet was, you remember that? So, uh, yeah, there's some back and forth there, but I think that, that these synths, these AIs, don't have the free will that Data does. And so in their programming, they were set, they were told if they found something or if something was ever found that Starfleet was doing that was against Starfleet regulations, was against the, you know, what the will of the Federation should be or what it should stand for, is that they would revolt, is that they would do whatever it took to stop it. And so... Either Maddox found something out and sent what started with F8, uh, you know, a directive saying, hey, this is directive code, whatever. You know, we need to take out the Federation. We need to stop their ability to create ships on Utopia Planitia. Order 66. Order. Right. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Carry out order 66. Uh, that, that's what they did. And that's what that is. I, I think my theory is still intact. When I watched it the first time, again, I, like I said, I haven't been able to watch the second time. When I watched the first time, I was like, oh, that shoots my theory down that, that Maddox, you know, put this in there. But it's possible that he was the one who sent the code that overwrote them so that they stopped Starfleet from doing something even worse than just letting the Romulans die. You think they were planning on something different I with do. all those I do. ships afterwards? I do. Yes. Again, they are making Starfleet out to not be the good guys. Yeah. So, and, and that that also brings up why. Okay, so if the Federation said yes, let's help the let's help the Romulans. Why did they have to make new ships? Why didn't they just get all the different races to say, "Hey, take Again, your ships I think over that there"? Goes well, to who's shouldering the load? Yeah, a lot of the different races are brand new warp capable races that just don't have the fleet to do that. The Vulcans I mean, even have the Andorians, Klingons have a fleet. Andorians I mean, have a fleet, but Klingons yeah. aren't part of the Federation. Do the Vulcans, the Gorn's not part of the. the Vulcans do have a fleet, but they're yeah. science vessels. They're not designed for. Mm, so plus. You would have to imagine that there was Cargo an episode haulers. of Jesus Christ. There was another episode of TNG where nobody could go over warp five, five point six, because it was tearing space apart. So you have to imagine that after that they stopped building 
warp drives capable of going to warp nine point whatever. Uh, uh, essentially, they made Priuses for space. <laughs> oh, that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah, that's the, maybe that's why they yeah, that can't the, be true because <laughs> we're because all building the, Priuses. Can't take Voyager, it anymore. <laughs> Voyager went over five point, but that was bef- that Voyager was was built about the time that all this happened. So it's conceivable that you know. That that it still had a you know, well, and you figure their their warships are going to still have warp capable of, and maybe nine that's what tipped above. them off. And maybe you're right, but warships are not designed for evacuations. Look, let's pretend you've got the Starfleet inter, uh, or the Starship Enterprise, right? And let's just say it's mm-hmm. Enterprise D, mm-hmm. okay, the one from Next Generation. Is that the, is that the that. one that was in the Next Generation? The, the yeah. D, D, okay. Yeah. yeah, did you do you like the D? He loves the D. That's <laughs> what I've heard. So <laughs> you have the Enterprise D, and that has a, a crew complement off the top of my head. Oh, about 1,100, 1,200 people. Might be more, might be less. I thought it was so more than to say that. about there. I don't remember. Rob, you want to do research on the fly while I while I pontificate here? So, <laughs> so let's just say that it's uh, uh, uh let's just say Which it's two thousand. Was that again? Uh, Enterprise D. One that, douche. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, D, like D for it. douche. D, D for dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it also had families on board because it wasn't necessarily a warship. It was a, a exploration and research vessel. Right. So it had families on board. So now you have all of these families that you have to displace in order to start evacuating. So Wait, now you've many, got a first. How many people? I said, what, 11, 1,200? 3,000? As a complement of approximately one to 6,000 crew members. Hey, look at Including that. Including the civilians and families. Right. So, so full let's ship just, 6,000. So, so let's say it's a full right. ship of 6,000. And, and that's not putting them in cargo holds. Right. But but let's say that 1,000 is the crew. That's a that's a skeleton crew. Yeah. Right? That's the minimum that you can operate the starship with. So now you have to evacuate 5,000 people off of, off of the ship and put them somewhere safe and then go to Romulus and beam up 5,000 people. And let's just say that it, you can start putting them in cargo holds and whatnot. And so it goes from, you can get 5,000, let's just say 7,000 for each one. And let's say that the Romulans had the same amount of people that we have today, 7 billion. How many starships is that going to take to evacuate 7 billion people? Yeah, you're right. That would take a ton of starships and you could figure you could probably help lighten that load with some freighters. Um, they've got to have some some large freighters with, that they they transport. Sure, but so you're looking at through. what? So you're looking at what? Uh, let's just say that on average. So you're looking at about what ca- ten thousand starships or so. Ten thousand people. Well, ten, yeah. Well, if you, if you can fit ten thousand, let's just say on average with freighters, larger ships, whatever that you can fit 10,000 people per trip. Okay. And now let's let's say that that your transporters, let's say you've got how many transporter rooms did the Enterprise have? I fuck, I have no idea. 10? I guess let's I could 10. pull out my Right, I was going to pull, pull out, out the the, the, the the schematic book that I have over here in my bookshelf. I mean, you're starting to see a picture and the picture is that it's going to take a lot of time, energy, and coordination to evacuate 7 billion people off a planet. I don't think even if Starfleet— transporter systems. 20. 
So at 10 people every two minutes, because that's to get them in position, beam them up, get them out of the room, get the next sit in a position, let's just say two minutes. I mean, you're looking at a lot of time. I don't think if Starfleet decided to go through with it, that they would have successfully evacuated the entire planet in time. No, you're probably right. I mean, they're, they're, especially given the delay that the Romulans put on themselves whenever they refused to be evacuated early on. Right. So I, we can fault Starfleet for making a decision that, that could be considered genocidal. I mean, we could fault them for that. But at the end of the day, I think Picard's whole beef is that we didn't even try. Right. And you could have saved more. Would lives have been saved? Absolutely. Would more lives have been saved? Absolutely. But you know what? Again, <laughs> the secrets that the Tal Shiar and the Zatvash have, especially the Zatvash, which is like the Tal Shiar and crack. Steroids. Uh, it, 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 well, or steroids. I mean, think about this for just a second. The, how much disinformation did the Romulans have to put out in order for Starfleet intelligence to miscalculate how uh, uh, effective their technology was? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the whole scene recreation magic that they had, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's a lot of disinformation. So I think you're dealing with a regime that would not have the, been evacuated very easily to begin but with. But that's what the Romulans excelled at was espionage and misinformation. I mean, their, their, their spy arm of their government was second to none. That was their, their strength was the, the manipulation and, and gathering of intelligence. So that's, that's not out of the realm for the, the Tal Shiar. No, for sure. But the Tal Shiar would have made sure that the secrets, like, I, I feel like they would have tried, like, this would have been an opportunity for, for the Romulans to take over several Federation vessels. Maybe. Because now, think about it. If you have a 1,000 crew members and you're beaming up how many Romulans? 10,000 on average? How many ships do you think are going to not be taken over by the Romulans? Yeah, but I mean, what? 10 to 1. There, there's... There are things that you can do to keep that from happening. And what's the value of taking over a fucking freighter? Okay, sure. But when you start beaming them up on the Constitution class ships. Well, on those, those ships, class ships, Constitution is, is old, but yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't think they would have brought stuff out of mothballs for this? Yeah, but I mean, really, they're going to take over a fucking Constitution class ship? I mean, that's that's why not? way out fucking classed by this point. And retrofit. Sure, but you know what? You take it, you go to where you need to go because everyone, all the other Federation ships, it's not like they have, there would be no ships to spare, none, because they're on this, this timetable to try to evacuate people. If that's what Starfleet and the Federation stand for, then God damn it, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, I just, I don't think that the, the Constitution class ship is a high priority for them to take over. I think it is if you, if you. If, and I think there's, look, I think there's it, efforts that you can use to mitigate that, that risk. Okay. I, I don't, I, I agree. I'm just saying that again, you're giving them an opportunity for the scorpion to, to uh, stab you in the back, sure. which is what the Romulans have shown time and time again since the beginning of the series. But you know that going in and there, there are things that you can do to, to reduce that risk. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the, 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 I, the, the, I, the whole I just, moral is, of that is parable the is 
somebody expected the scorpion to behave in a way that was against its nature. And if you know that the Romulans are not going to behave against their nature, you know what to expect and you know the, the, the effort that you need to take to, to keep them from doing but that's harm. that's not a guarantee. Well, no, there, there are no guarantees in life, but you can drastically reduce that risk when you know what, the, what their nature is. Speaking of nature, do we know why this chick's pissed off at Picard? I don't know. That that was my next question is who the <laughs> fuck is Rafi and why is she so fucking pissed at Picard? I mean, she fucking Dude, came out of her him. goddamn hermit trailer <laughs> ready to fucking pop a cap in his ass. Yeah, she definitely came out of her uh, space mobile home. <laughs> I know. Fuck, I wouldn't mind having that space mobile home. Yeah, it looked nice. And in the middle of nowhere, yeah. which is I'm perfect. So that, sure it's it's nice to out. know that there are still vast swaths of desert where you can go fucking hide out. <laughs> I'm right sure we'll find out what uh, her connection next week. God, I hope so. I really wanted to know this week, but, you know, 40 fucking minute episode. Star, uh, oh, I'm, I'm done uh, with the bottle Stargazer of wine, callback. by the way. It was very delicious. Um, did you Did you lick it? I didn't lick like, it. How the, the fuck am I going to lick the inside of a bottle, Rob? <laughs> I don't know. Rob, like, why would you even ask down you and like try to get every little last drop out no, of it? No, I'm a wino, no. Rob. I'm not a fucking person with a problem. <laughs> uh, a call back to the Stargazer. Uh, with, with instead of having Doctor Beverly Crusher, which would have been fan service, they had yeah. Doctor whatever his nuts was from the Stargazer. This was a really good episode. Uh, I really enjoyed it. E- everybody, if you're not watching the show and you just listen to the, us three assholes talk about it, like you're doing yourself a disservice. Get CBS All Access and watch this show. Yeah, at least. Well, I mean, you could even wait until all the episodes are released and then get. All access for a week free and and binge watch the episodes. That's what I would have done. We're still going to spoil the shit if out we of weren't covering you. this in real time. So, so are you canceling your subscription after you finish watching Picard and Discovery? Uh, not watching Discovery. Discovery, but yeah. Oh my god, uh, watch Discovery. I'm not watching. Discovery. Why won't you do? I'm telling you, the first season is shit. Go into it knowing it's shit, but knowing that the second season will exceed any and all expectations you have. So I have limited time see. in the day. Why would I go watch a show that is shit with the limited amount of time that I have to do other things? You get to see Rebecca Roman as, uh, as, number, as one. Uh, number one. Yeah, you know what? I have the internet. I can just go look up images. It's not if, the same. If I wanted to see her as number one. Anson Mount, I'm telling you right now, Anson Mount does such a fantastic fucking job of being Captain Christopher yeah, Pike. Yeah, he does. It is amazing. Great. Man, I, was I hope, never a I hope real they do Pike a show. Fan. I mean, he sat around in a chair in and he was in that episodes. one episode. Oh, yeah, it was he two. Was in two. He was in the pilot episode and then he was in the, uh, the Menagerie. Yeah, the Menagerie where he sat around in a chair and then they did flashbacks. But th- there's a, oh my God, but there's a reason. Oh, fuck you. Go watch the fucking Discovery. God damn it. <laughs> I'm not watching Discovery. Rob? You can fix this. You live near him. How do I fix this? Make him watch it. I don't know. Fucking time in a tape chair. His, tape his, tape eyes his open. eyelids open. Yes. And make him fucking yeah. watch it. I'll do it. Um, Just get him some One wine. last question I have. So I, I've seen these guys a couple of times or this, this race a couple of times in a few episodes. Who are the fucking red and white juggalos that are walking around? <laughs> 
I don't know. I, Has anybody know, seen this before? I mean, I didn't know if they were in Discovery or not. Uh, no, I don't think I've I, I've missed the Juggalos. Yeah, they're like they're like uh, they've got like a white complexion with long white hair and then red around their eyes or something. Well, I've seen so them a I couple a different times. On, I did a search on red and white Juggalo on Star Trek. That didn't pop anything. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about, but I I am intrigued now. Juggalos in the future, what do they look like? Yeah, so I'm 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 really curious about about that race because I've seen them a couple <laughs> times in key episodes uh, or key places. Uh, the the one on this episode was when he came out of the the transporter metal detector. Uh, there was a red and white juggalo that came in behind him, so and then walked off to the left side of the scene. Uh, I will look for that when I rewatch this episode. <laughs> I swear to Christ, I'm going to pause it, take a picture, and then post it uh, in the Discord uh, so that everyone knows what a space juggalo looks like. Yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah, I'll find a picture too. So and post right. it in the show notes. <laughs> Who's got awards? Wait, you. you forgot. Oh, you that's forgot that's to right. Find out. Oh fuck! Yeah. I am. A little lit right now, so (laughs) (laughs) so you guys are going to help out. (laughs) James, uh, is this second episode of Star Trek Picard more sci-fi than 11-22-63? You know what? I I am trying to rack my brain right now, and in 11-22-63, there were no space juggalos. So yes, in fact, episode two. (laughs) Maps and Legends uh, is more uh, sci-fi than 11-22-63. Rob, you want to hit us up with a haiku? I don't know. Or do you want to do the uh, awards? Because you're doing everything out of order today. You know what? I got a haiku. I got a haiku. (laughs) Fuck off. We don't need your haiku. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I got a haiku. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, the title of this haiku is Grudge. Can't badmouth Starfleet. Go fuck off, old man Picard. No spaceship for you. <laughs> <laughs> Very nicely done. Nice. I, I do want to Thank say, you. I know we're one, running way over our normal time, but I do want to okay. say. We, we're making lot, up for the 42 minutes. Right. We're, <laughs> we're definitely making up for the 42 minutes. There was a lot like so Jason had found on Reddit that people were upset that the Admiral was mean to Picard. Mm, mm-hmm. Guess what? Picard came in the way that Patrick Stewart read that scene, the way he acted that scene out was spot on with how brilliant. the Admiral reacted. It was brilliant. He he came across as self-absorbed, entitled. self-righteous, very entitled. To whatever he just, wanted because he's yeah. John Luke motherfucking Picard and you will give me a ship because what I want is more important than whatever this Federation has going on right now. Well, I and mean, her, yeah, he saved he saved the Federation countless times. It doesn't matter. I you mean, don't do that. No. Especially when you walk away from from uh, this Federation that you saved for 10 years and then badmouth them on galactic TV. You don't come in with that kind of, and I'm going to quote her here, fucking hubris. Sheer fucking hubris. And that's what it was. The Admiral was not out of line reading Picard the Riot Act, 
Picard needed to be put in his place. And if you don't think that Picard wouldn't have done the same thing if if the tables were, were turned, you should probably go back and watch some TNG episodes where he read people the riot act. Oh, yeah. I think he did this scene great justice. And I think the writers were spot on on the portrayal of Picard coming in with this this entitlement and thinking, okay, I'm Picard. I'm going to come in. I'm going to get my ship. I'm going to get my crew. I'm going to do my thing because I am Starfleet. And it's it's kind of George Lucas syndrome, right? George Lucas comes in and, and does his thing with Star Wars because he is George Lucas. But I think uh, the, the vast difference here is Jean-Luc Picard isn't Starfleet. Yes, he is a, a, a Starfleet hero. He, uh, he, he has done many, many things for Starfleet and the Federation as a whole, uh, done very, very great things, but that doesn't entitle him to whatever he wants. And I think he probably would have gotten what he wanted had he not gone off on that interview. I mean, him leaving Starfleet for uh, what he saw was a moral reason. Okay, fine. So he and Starfleet had, uh, or he and the Federation had a, a falling out. That's fine. But when you go and badmouth that organization to the galaxy at large on an interview like that, and then try and come in and 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 make this this outrageous request. Even, I mean, it was so condescending when he said, okay, so I, I'll, I'll take a, a demotion down to captain if you think the optics are better that way. That was fucking bullshit. He was going to act yep. like an admiral. He was going to act like Jean-Luc Picard, and she knew it. And she was right, probably, to to slap him down. Oh, I, I honestly believe that that was part of the writers wanted to make this part of his journey for a reason, because he needed to come back to reality. He's been gone for 10 years. He has no sway anymore. You know, he's got no more stroke is what I used to call it. He's got no stroke anymore uh, in the Federation. He's got no uh, sway, no nothing, no influence. And he needed to realize that because he has to do this journey on his own. The journey in and of itself is very personal to him. So to use Starfleet Federation resources, mm, might be a bit of a stretch, especially when he doesn't know how deep the the the, the conspiracy goes. Sure. Now, if he were he Kirk, no he would have just taken a ship. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> he would have just gone up to space dock and stolen whatever was being. Well, if fixed. he was Kirk, this is the difference. This is, uh, we can talk about this in a later episode. But if you want to really get into some whales, Picard, right, save some fucking whales. The difference between Picard and Kirk, Picard would have immediately called Spock. And the rest of his crew, and they would have gone out, got everybody, the old gang back together, and everybody would have done it out of blind loyalty. You mean Picard Kirk would have called, would or have Kirk, called Kirk, yeah. Who's drinking here, Jason or right? James? Picard won't do that. Uh, I, Picard is a much different person than Kirk. Uh, if you really want to compare somebody to Kirk, it's Janeway. Now, do you think Picard would have done that had Q not shown him the future with him doing that? I think that the only tie-in to this episode and, and probably to Picard at large right now uh, from anything that has to do with Q is just the park and the space Parkinson's. Like, I think that's it. I don't think it has anything to do with the future because in the future data was around in that future in, in uh, TNG oh, that's data true. That's was 
Data was uh, a fellow at the Daystrom Institute. Well, no, but so what, I'm, few- what I'm saying is, do you think Picard didn't call on his old crew because of what, sh- what Q showed him? No, I don't think so. In that, because in that timeline that doesn't exist, uh, the crew was fractured. There was an Admiral Riker. There's no Admiral Riker now. Uh, and Admiral Riker and Worf had a falling out and Troy was dead. Right. Well, they had a falling so out th- because Troy was dead. Right. I don't. So I don't think that that's a thing. I don't think that's a thing because he sees that that future. If he's even thinking about that, if he's thinking about his time with Q, which if we don't get a Q cameo, I'm going to be really upset. Uh <laughs> Because I wanted a Q movie, goddammit. But uh, it, I think that he sees that it's a different enough. There's a, so much more deviation now from from that timeline that that's not the reason why. I, I honestly believe that he saw uh, Dodge die, and that has affected him in a way where well, he, he, watched, being, he watched Data die again. Yeah, it's like watching right. Data die again. all over again. He does not want to put his friends, and they are now his friends, not just, you know, his colleagues, his friends at risk, where Kirk would absolutely do that just to get the job done. And it cost him in uh, Wrath of Khan. Yep. All right, we are way over. Let's get to awards. Rob, What? It, who's got your uh, black lung? Um, I'm going to go with the uh, Martian worker that got the laser beam to the chest. <laughs> yeah. Okay, James? Yeah, uh, same. I was almost going to give it to uh, F8, but he shot himself in the head instead of the chest. So Okay. Uh, so mine, I didn't see anybody really. I mean, I'm not going to go kind of metaphoric like you two. So I'm going to give mine to Honorary Doc Coddle. James, who's got your head lush? Uh Picard. Uh, because when he found out that the space Parkinson's was real, uh, the doctor from the Stargazer told him, hey, you might want something stronger. And Picard <laughs> obliged. Rob? Uh, I was going to say the same thing, so I'm going to change mine to Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely very done. nice, very nice. I am deserving of it this episode. So, um, so mine's actually going to go to the doctor for suggesting that Picard might want something a little bit stronger to uh, get the health news that he's about to impart. So, uh, Rob, who's got your, uh, your player award, uh, giving it to other Dodge, uh, for getting some Romulan <laughs> booty. <laughs> okay. Oh, her speaking of other so Dodge, cute, what the but... fuck was that plushie at the foot of her bed? It looked like God, uh, some kind of flat faced lion with a blue mane. It was kind of creepy. I, I don't know. I was, I was, sidetracked by watching her get out of bed in granny panties. <laughs> I was like, damn, they, they get all kinds of decent in the future. Maybe that's sexy in the future. <laughs> it oh, is, I was going to say, that's what's sexy in the future, man. All right, James. Although, her, for yeah, uh, and her name will now forever be Other Dodge. Uh, that's who's uh, getting mine as well, because she got the Romulan in bed pretty quick. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to give it to Narek for uh, getting Soji in bed. Pretty quick. No, he got other Dodge in bed. Other Dodge. I'm sorry. Other Dodge other in Dodge. bed. So There you go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Can we call him Lol Jr.? Can we do that? Lol Jr.? <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know what else. What, 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 I like that. Brings Lol back in. Yeah. I never did like Lol. 
didn't even like well, that episode. She was around for like half an episode. <laughs> I know. I didn't even like that episode. I mean, I thought it was kind of cool, but I just didn't like the portrayal of Lol. She just. Well, that's another episode that shows Starfleet being fucking doing shady shit. Oh, I know. Where like the Admiral just comes and he's like, no, your daughter's ours. Yeah. Like, n- you don't get to do this. And Picard was getting ready to once again. I mean, he, that was the first time he was like, I will fucking walk away from Starfleet if you do this. I am done. And the Admiral was going to do it anyway. And then it was a moot point because she died. So Right. Her positronic matrix had cascade failure. Yeah. Very nice. Ha <laughs> ha. See? Yeah. I remember Even shit. lit. You nailed it. Yeah. Nice. Uh, uh, Purple Hippo. Who's got it, James? Uh, I, I'm gonna, I, I don't know who, like the only person that would even remotely have it would be Picard when he found out he had the space Parkinson's, but that would just be a flashback to the, uh, to the whole mind fuck of, uh, a few good, uh, a few good things. Um, I, so I fuck, I, I, you know, or all good things, not a few good things, all good things. Uh, I, you know what? I'm going to give it to, uh, uh, River Tam. Okay. Rob. Oh, I'm going to give it to Picard, uh, specifically that moment when he was told to fuck off. <laughs> uh, because his world came crashing down at that point in time. Yeah, you can kind of see it, too, on that escalator yeah. ride down. Yeah. He was, like, yeah, pissed like- and kind of in disbelief all at the same time. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Well, well gonna- there's also there's also when he walks into the building and he goes, I'm here to see the CNC. <laughs> yeah, the expecting and the, the guy goes, dude to know who exactly you? who he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fucking hubris. Yeah. yeah. Reality check on him right there. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm giving mine to River Town because I didn't even think about Picard, but that's a good one. So That is a good one. Rob, that may be the best one you've ever had on the show. Thank you. You're back <laughs> up to podcast soil. Yeah, better than corn. You know, you can't. Never mind. Can't make corn without soil. Right. All right. Well, that's got it for this week. Um, We did go over a little bit, but hopefully you enjoyed it. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Podcrawl music is Snack Mix by Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel, which is linked on our website at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com. You can contact us on Twitter at status underscore podcast, or you can email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash status underscore podcast. And soon we'll have actual web links for all this shit. But... In the meantime, I'm Jason. So what's brown and sticky? Oh, you suck so much. You don't know? Maple syrup. (laughs) (laughs) Better be from Vermont. (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Jason's right.